Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode um, six. Episode is it really six. episode six already? Yes, episode six. Yeah. My goodness. So it's episode six of um, time flies, um, but you're reviewing weird shit. <laughs> episode half dozen of get the flick out of here. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Pulaski. Uh, well, also the other host is is Kate Elizabeth. Um, uh, Kate, how's how's your week been? It's been mysterious oh i see i see yeah and i don't know why there's just simply no resolution alex none do you think anyone's ever going to find out why it's so mysterious they'll probably have a really good idea but technically (laughs) it'll be an unsolved mystery i tell you oh my goodness would would, could that be yes it's everybody uh in case you couldn't tell from our really good play acting uh we decided to go ahead and do the um the the i think the granddaddy of them all like of all the like here's something weird it's either this or ripley's believe it or not hosted by jack palance the original one not not commander Riker or whatever uh but i i the original if i can find that streaming we're gonna have to do that one of these one of these weeks Ripley's Believe It or Not, I watch that every single Sunday. Did you believe we, it? Um, well, I was, I was, a, I was a small child. Why would anybody lie to me? It's television. So, like, it, like, but, but every Sunday, because, because I grew up where we didn't have cable, we were way out in the country. So we had four channels, and on one of them, every Sunday at four p.m. was Ripley's Believe It, Believe It or Not. Uh, and, uh, we'd watch that my, my brother and I, every, every Sunday, uh, it was the eighties. We had nothing to do, but, um, also, uh, later in the eighties, in the late, in the ladies, um, (laughs) in the, in the ladies, um, (laughs) there, there was a show that came, that came around that was called unsolved mysteries it actually may have been around earlier than that maybe the mid 80s but i became aware of in the in the, in the late 80s i only started watching it in the early 90s but it, i wouldn't watch it all the time because you didn't need to watch it all the time because there was no continuity we just pick a pick one show and it was robert stack a guy who talked like this very old like old old like it felt like he was out of a of a, of a movie from like 1948 like everything he wore, he wore a, a like a an old gentleman's raincoat, like double breasted <laughs> and belted in the middle. I was like, is it bad weather wherever you are, whenever you are, sir? Um, but Robert Stack um, was the perfect host for this thing because he always like gave it a little bit of gravitas to everything that happened on the show. Could this thing have been the thing that happened? Well, we don't know, but we're gonna tune in next week and maybe we'll tell you more. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's some fun stuff uh, in those shows. So uh, I came across it um, on uh, just, I have, I have one of those Roku smart TVs and they have something just called free, free episodes of whatever. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to review for this week, uh, Kate. And I've, I've, I've got some, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of time uh, this weekend. So let me see if I can find something. And unsolved mysteries. I was like, let's see if one of these is good. And ho doggies, the first one I picked was <laughs> perfect. And I said, Kate, 
um, find yourself an episode of Unsolved Mysteries to review because that's what we're doing this week. Um, uh, yeah, they, if you don't know, they would take um, disappearances or weird occurrences or stuff. Sometimes it's like alien abductions or sightings. Something as fanciful as that, some, all the way down to, hey, we're pretty sure this lady got murdered by her husband, but do you have any information at home? Um, and it's that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it, there, there can be a lot of fun stuff, but the fun, the, the really fun ones. And I got one of these episodes is. So this all seems normal, but nobody has any clue what the hell happened. Like, like it, like it all, if you take individual things that happened, perhaps this is possible, but all these things combined, these little details, make this a completely freak occurrence that couldn't have happened, and we have no idea why, and we'll never know why. And those things are, are my favorites. Um, did you have any experience with this show prior to us doing this? I never intentionally watched it. I <laughs> think I'd seen, like, episodes. You know what I mean? It Just, is like, one of those through. shows. Yeah, it's like one of those wallpaper television shows it's where you fairly ubiquitous yeah 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 and my yeah. particular episode was a little um more like the second thing you described where it was like this guy probably did it it was one of those do you want to start and then sure. we'll, we'll go through your thing and then and then i'll do mine because i have four uh very differing uh, stories uh, to talk so about. Mine. mine was just about um, Kathy Page, Kathy. who was murdered on my birthday, or at least that's when they found out about it. Um, she was found dead in her car, and it was like off in a ditch, and it was staged to look like a car accident. There were no like obvious wounds on her body. Um, the car wasn't like so much damaged <laughs> as, mm. as it was, um, just like in a ditch, like one, like if you swerve out of the way and drive into a ditch, <laughs> the car like, wasn't so much damaged as it was in a ditch. Like yeah. somebody just lovingly placed it there. Like, I think my favorite part of this was, it was clearly staged by who was soon to be her ex-husband. Um, and there's some hullabaloo. I don't even think we found out why, but there's a belief that it was a cover-up because there's been two mistrials and it's a very, very obvious thing. And we'll, we'll get into why. Um, so it takes place a hundred yards from her home. That's like, Step number one, that this was not like a car accident, right? A lack of damage to the car being another one mm -hmm. of those things. Um, and there was just evidence all over that this was like the most poorly planted situation in the world. It's like her feet weren't on the pedals. They were like tucked away back, like almost underneath the seat, which like in a car accident, you would probably be hitting the brake, right? Like... Something very, very obvious. Um, and she wasn't wearing her seatbelt, but it was like her seat was reclined. So it was just very obviously planted. Like, I think 
her ex-husband is bad at murder. Like, considering he got away with it, he is not good at this. Like, he should probably go into, like, accounting or something. Like, he should not be a hitman. He would probably get found out um, pretty soon, is what I've gathered. Um, let's skip ahead a little bit. They were married for 13 years. They had two daughters. Um, around the time of her murder, they were like headed for divorce. So mm -hmm. the daughters knew other people in the family knew her sister knew, um, that this marriage was like beyond repair. The sister said that she had told her, um, that there was abuse as well. Um, but they had like decided to separate and remained friendly until he murdered her. <laughs> so the night in question, she went out with her friend or she was going to go out with her friend, which is when she got in this car accident. Uh, the wounds were pretty obvious. Um, she had been strangled so, like, if you're faking a car accident, strangulation, not, well, like, the it best was the way seat to belt, go. right? The seatbelt strangled her. Seatbelt strangled yeah. her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Which is why she had a broken nose and a black eye as well. Mm -hmm. um, well, that was that was obviously from the from the steering wheel when she when she she hit the, the she hit course. the steering column and it gave her a broken nose and a black eye while the st seatbelt strangled her. Sometimes I like to watch these and pretend I am the lawyer for the guy who obviously did it. <laughs> How am I going to get my client off? And like, I love that she would hit the steering wheel or be strangled by the seatbelt when her foot wasn't on the like she didn't break. Huh? She didn't break going into a ditch where she didn't damage her car was pretty obvious. Mm. And the other thing, um, and trigger warning if people need it, but it looked like she had been sexually assaulted and there was blood on the outside of her clothes. Like you don't usually have um, like damage to your sexual organs in a car accident. Not usually. No. No. Like you would have that would be more likely if you were in a horse riding accident. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of like funny jokes I can make about what caused that in the car accident. Yeah, like there's nope. not really nope. anything there. So authorities probably rightfully assumed that she was killed previously and then brought to the location near her house. But again, like it was a hundred yards away. So he's so bad at murder like you kind of can't believe that he got away with it the other thing was she was like going out with her friend allegedly um but she had no jewelry or makeup on like she was supposed to be like going out on mm -hmm. the town which we assume is why the soon-to-be ex-husband got jealous probably mm -hmm. she probably had like a date of some sort um mm. but authorities did learn that she had had sex um and this is where it kind of gets like wacky and fun. Um, he claimed it was like the the town that they were in that there was like a, a local mafia. So that's who did this to her clearly. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was the local so... Beaumont mafia. 
not mm-hmm. like not like an ethnic thing. Like just no. the local, you know, just your run in the mill yeah. corner shop. Listen, is Beaumont, is this yeah. is this Texas? Yes. Because the PTA down there can get really violent. You never there you know. Go. It's the PTA, man. There you go. And the like the story at no point made it even seem like he tried. Um when they investigated the sexual aspect of it, um, I don't know how they were able to tell this, but like he had had a vasectomy and the person that she had slept with did not, um, or that's what he was claiming, I think. So he was like, well, she clearly had to, had to have sex with another man because I had a vasectomy as if those aren't reversible. But that was like the one shred of evidence mm-hmm. that they were kind of clinging to here. Um, he called two phone numbers the night of her death. One was their daughter and the other was a motel. So like, definitely seems like there was some uh-huh. stuff being planned and going on here. Um, but it's just like, it, it at no point felt like it wasn't him and he really leaned into this Beaumont mafia being responsible for her death um, and said that, like, the police were basically framing him because they didn't want to get involved in this mafia war. Ah. ah <laughs> you know, cool. as that yeah. goes. Um, her family rightfully believes that there's been, like, covering up for him because it's so blatantly obvious that it was him mm-hmm. on so many levels. It took police three years to um, issue a search warrant. So that seems wildly negligent. Um, and his her mom saw him washing clothes like the next day. Had a visual, a visual of that happening. Um, so they, her family thinks that the police were covered up. This went to trial. There were two mistrials. They've sued for wrongful death. Um, I, at multiple levels and her murder remains unsolved, which is just absolutely nuts. Um, cause it's just so incredibly obvious that it was him, but like, it's, it's absolutely bonkers how, how much it was just so obviously him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just kept making so much up. He claimed that the Beaumont Mafia had also made threats toward him, but there's, like, no phone records of anything. Like, it just keeps falling further and further and further hey, apart. Hey, that's a beautiful wife you got there. Be a shame if something would happen to her. Yeah, and, like, even after her murder, they threatened him. So. Hey, that's a beautiful car you got there. But a shame if somebody would have... Put it into a ditch, also featuring your dead wife. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a pretty it. nice. That's a pretty nice ditch you got about a hundred yards from your house. Be a shame if somebody would have put a car into it. It's yeah, and I'm looking at my notes. There were like a dozen witnesses that put him at the scene. Like there, it's just so obvious it's him, and I don't think we really like. Well, he it's, he's just, he was just out for a walk. It's only a hundred yards from their house. It's only a hundred yards from their house <laughs> that she got into this accident with no damage where she didn't he was even running. He was running the hundred yard dash training for the Olympics. You don't know. You don't know what my client has been up to. 
He was running the hundred yard dash, and that's why he came across this this car that had been gently placed into the ditch, also featuring his dead wife. I'm it happens. Pretty... It literally happens every day. <laughs> Reasonable doubt. I'm gonna say your doubt is pretty unreasonable. <laughs> uh, I think it's extremely, extremely reasonable doubt. Um, so, and there's just like there's so much in my notes that just point to it being this. Like neighbors heard that there was an argument. She was strangled by someone left-handed, and he's left-handed. <laughs> um, they found him financially liable, so he had to pay two hundred grand to the family. But like, oh, I love, I love that. Like, like, give him the old OJ. Yeah, like you, you acquitted in a court of law. However, pay every cent that you own until you die. Yeah, he also was convicted of desecrating her grave, which is insane. Um, uh, yeah, that's, and that seems he like was, bad behavior. Yeah. Like, why would you do that if you mm -hmm. tragically missed your wife? That was like from the beginning, they said like he was like, I'm so sad. And then was just fine. Like he reacted like shocked and horrified. I don't know why you would be shocked when it happened 100 yards from your house, mm -hmm. but whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden was like, just completely, completely back to normal. Another like sad turn in this is that one of the two daughters uh, passed away at the age of 28 as well, mm. which is super, super sad. Um, but he was never actually fully criminally charged with murder. Just all of these other like BS lesser charges, um, which I guess is what the Beaumont Mafia protection will get you. <laughs> but it was just insane, like how obvious it was that it was him i kept waiting for there to be like a swerve and there kind of just wasn't hmm. like um even like there were soft drinks in the front seat that hadn't been spilled in this car wreck where the car wasn't damaged like there are so many of my notes are just like this is the most staged like if hollywood was setting up a car accident they would be like this is so mm -hmm. unbelievably false and incorrect um, it just was so obvious it was him that like kind of the story of this was the back nine of um, like him getting away with it and not actually getting charged. Like most of this was more like he obviously did it, but it's like why um, didn't this get properly like put in the court of law mm -hmm. and nobody really knows. He passed a polygraph where he admitted to having had sex with her that night, but he was like, we had sex before she went out. Okay, buddy. Like, it's just nuts how clearly it points to so many injustices. Like, it was obviously him. He obviously staged a scene. He, yeah. Like, even the, the after part of him desecrating her grave was like, points to it being him. And he still just was not um, ever charged at this point. But... Um, it's obviously these Beaumont Mafia Wars. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's gotta be the Beaumont Mafia. Yeah, the Beaumont Bo Mafia, they called. The Beaumont Bo the Bo 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 Mafia. Bo Mafia, the old Beaumont Mafia, mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, it's just those, those darn kids. 
putting yeah. things on the lawn. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was kind of like, I guess what someone would think like your classic unsolved mysteries episode is where it more just feels like an episode of like first 48 or whatever. Yeah, this was not yeah. like a, uh, I, I gotta, a, I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, Kate, you got yourself a dud. I really you got, did. You got, you got yourself a dud and I, and I, I, and I, it's, it's too bad because I got myself a super duper exploder bomb. It sounds thing, like you it, did. I really thought we were making an upturn at Beaumont Mafia, but it didn't really, it didn't really pan I mean, out. Listen, there are one, two, three, four, five stories in mine. You guys, you got the one. I got. I five. think because I got the newer. Yeah, see, I, I should have gone to the original because I I went to the newer format I, for this. I one believe and... mine is from nineteen eighty seven or eighty eighty eight. Mine was late nineties. Yeah. So that's where we went wrong. Um, but what I love about it is that a bunch of stuff from your episode found its way into my episode in that the husband obviously did it. A woman found dead in a car wreck. But those are two two separate stories. Um, you had told me a little bit like of the how obvious it was. And I was like, did we pick the same episode? No, like no. I got a little nervous, but then I was like, this is a common trope in the yeah, show. It, it so we probably is. didn't. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I, I got, I got some good ones. Uh, the first one um, is uh, a, a guy named Dave Davis who right there, you got to wonder. Immediately Ser- suspicious. Serial killer, p- perhaps Dave Davis. I mean, like, Immediate if your parents, if your parents were psychotic enough to name you David Davis, out then, the gate, and, and you, by the time you were in your early forties, did not like recognize that it was time to switch the name to something else, or at least go by your middle name. That's, yeah, there's, there's problems. That psychotic nature of your parents has transferred genetically to you. A million percent. All bets are off. Yes. Um, so Dave Davis and his young wife Shannon lived on a horse farm in Michigan, as as one does. Of course. And as one does, if they live on a horse farm in Michigan, they were going to saddle up the horses and go for a sunset ride into the woods near their property and be right so, back for dinner. Sounds lovely. Yes. Problem was. Shannon fell off the horse and her head hit a rock. And then uh, he he brought her into the ambulance. To the, he called the police, uh, called the uh, ambulance, and the ambulance came, picked her up, and she got to the hospital. And oh no, what can we do for her? Oh no. It looks like she succumbed to her injuries. That's so sad. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if maybe we'll interview this this husband and and what he'll react to of this terrible accident that befell his young bride. And of course, he's just talking. He's just just asking about when he can collect on the life insurance policy. That was his first major question, where he was like, "Hey, so uh, what do I go to get my money?" Is the such first a mystery? Yeah, yeah, such a mystery. Who knows? Who knows what might have happened? Lord. Um, but here's the thing: is Kate. You'll never guess uh, what what happened. What what happened? I mean, literally, like, okay, obviously he killed her, but how? 
uh, and how they figured this out. So his, her mom was like, I never liked this guy. I never trusted this guy. I think he was the one who did it. And the p- police are dra- dragging their feet because there's no witnesses. And, you know, the medical examin- examiner examined her and she Some blood force trauma, probably blood force which trauma to the head. A, yeah. Yep. She fell off and hit her head on the rock, just like he said. And like in order to get her to the road where the ambulance could pick her up, he carried her from the site, you know, because he wanted to get help for his young wife, obviously. Immediately, your guy had a better plan. I'll say yeah. that. Immediately. Oh, wait, like, wait for it. Because, because, um, so uh, they were like, okay, we think, oh, oh, also, he was really adamant that she wanted to be cremated. And, um, and her parents were like, no, there were some denomination of Christianity that does not do that. So there's no way she would want to do that. She would have talked to us about it because we would have been like, that's weird. I'm like, no, 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 it's totally cool. We want, I want to do that now. She would have said that, but she didn't say that. So it was like, so like they had to file an injunction to get him not to cremate the body. It's a good thing they did that because they had to exhume her to get a toxicology report to see if he poisoned her and then hit her over the head. And they were like, we found something in there, but we don't know what it is. She tasted negative for all kinds of these drugs, all these sedatives, everything that we know. We have no idea, but there's something in there. We just don't know what we can't. We have to know what we're testing for to see if it's actually in there. We can see the makeup of the chemical. We just don't know what it matches. And uh, and so uh, somebody else was like, um, was well, uh, they talked to a. Uh, like a, a, a guy who ran a different horse farm and said like what like whatever this was and he I guess the guy suggested well maybe it's a horse tranquilizer so so the guy <laughs> injected his wife with horse tranquilizer and the reason we know this is because they tested for a horse tranquilizer a specific one that was readily available at their how horse farm where they lived and wouldn't you know it the the chemical patterns matched up exactly so she had horse tranquilizer in her system um and then they were able to get this is like somehow they they i forget exactly why the first one was but they oh that's what it was they they exhumed her they tested for all these regular drugs and they were stumped and so they put her back in the ground and then they were like well what could it be and then they found, ah, it's horse tranquilizer. That was what was in her system because they were to taste, test the blood that they had drawn from her originally. And then they were like, well, now we need to prove that she didn't just eat it. Take horse tranquilizer herself, you know, as one does. So how do we do that? Um, oh, by the way, this guy, by the way, has now moved to Florida. Um, and then he left Florida and went somewhere else. He cashed in on the life insurance policy. And just decided to, to like just go on the lamb all over the place. And so, didn't leave uh, the country at any point while they were investigating. Wait for it. <laughs> um, so 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 then they they exhume the body a second time, and they find needle marks on her neck and her wrist. So he he jabbed her in the neck with the horse tranquilizer. 
which was enough to get her to fall off the horse that she was on. And then, uh, but she fell off and didn't hit her head. So, uh, so they think that what he did after that was that she was still able to kind of like fight him off. So he was able to hold down one of her wrists and then jab her with more elect horse tranquilizer to get her to paralyze herself, basically. And so then he drags her body over to a rock and bangs her head against it. I'm sorry to laugh, but this I mean, this the, is the, the weird. This is the, weird. Okay. This is real weird. And so then, okay, well, I guess we found out this guy murdered his wife. By that point, this is years later, um, and like I didn't know that you could like. It's years later. I guess embalming fluid allows for the stuff to like for every for your flesh to decay at a much uh, decreased rate. But I didn't know that like years later you could dig up a body, and be like, "Oh, look, there she got stabbed in the neck with a needle." Why was it years later? Uh, because they, they everyone's dragging their feet because they didn't even open the reopen the investigation until like a year after she died. But like the parents finally got them to open the investigation again. Anyway. All right, let's find this guy. Where is he? No idea. So that's why they're doing... Uh, they can't find him. He's left the country. They don't know where he is. So they put it on uh, Unsolved Mysteries. And three days later... This was actually... They showed the original story and then gave us the update. Three days later, they got a call from somebody who said he was a work acquaintance. Like somebody... This guy work, lives... He works with me. This Imagine finding out that that guy is your yeah, work acquaintance. Right. Um, and uh, is your he's your, my work acquaintance. Oh, good, sir. Where 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 are you located? Um, and we will drive right down there with the best of the FBI and and the U.S. Marshals and find this guy. And says, oh, uh, well, you're gonna have to take a boat because because I live in American Samoa, and so does this guy now. He moved to Samoa. Uh, and then also married um, like an eighteen-year-old uh, Samoan girl. Oh, he was definitely going to murder her and catch. Yeah, definitely, gonna, definitely going to murder. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. But like, uh, he had grown out a mustache and uh, did like wearing those glasses from the eighties that had those transition lenses, <laughs> but all the time. Um, yeah, he's definitely that guy. Um, and the entire like they he, he's walking doing the perp walk and they're interviewing him did like what what do you have to say about like your wife like like he's just like i didn't do it i didn't i didn't kill my wife dave davis we know it we know it dave was you, davis. davis we know it was you dave davis oh my gosh and so he and then they did a retroactive update to the update like they knew that we were, we were, they knew I was watching it in like the year 2022, even though the update was from 88 to the original story that ran a year prior to that. Or whatever. you know how they knew that? Aliens. It's an unsolved mystery. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. So it all comes. So back. they said that he was convicted and was sentenced to life in prison. Good. Uh, but he, he, uh, he died in, in, in a prison hospital 23 years later. So gotcha. So then, well, twenty-three so, years and yeah, passing he, away is like a yeah. He served that, his he, ser he, he served a life sentence. He so, certainly did. Uh, there you go. Um, so not the smartest crime, mm -mm. but marginally smarter than my guy. Yeah, 
Like the um, thing that he staged correlated like at all uh-huh. with yeah. the crime. I am intrigued by how he stabbed her in the neck while also on horseback. Like he must have been pretty good at riding a horse. I guess if you owned a horse farm, he'd probably be like, pretty good at it. Reach across and jab someone in the neck. Oh, by the way, like apparently he was also like wanted in several states for like being a con man. Like not murder, but like other things. Like, like you know. Like defrauding banks like the Chrisleys, as we learned today. I I, th- I think I think it might be that. I think it might be that. At least Chrisley from- does not know best, we found out today. No. Um unless unless the thing you are asking him about is defrauding banks, then he knows a lot about that. But he doesn't know best because you he know, got caught. Uh, no, 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 no. I didn't say he knows best about getting away with it. He knows best about doing it. That's fair. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) anyway, um, that was just the first story. Second story was a heart warmer. Sometimes Unsolved Misties gives you a little little tug on the old heartstrings um, about uh, a family that went to a refugee camp in WW2 um, uh, at the end of WW2. And um, it was um, uh, husband, wife, and daughter, young daughter. uh, And they were befriended there by a young American private who looked out for them and, like, you know, would read stories to the little girl and all this kind of stuff. And a real sweet guy. And then then one day uh, they went to go meet him where they normally meet him to, like, hang out or whatever. And the father got the news that, no, his orders came through late last night. He got shipped out. And he didn't have time to say goodbye. And, like, it was, like, this thing that they always wondered where he was. So they did a whole thing of, like, hey, Sunsolved Mysteries, could you find this guy? By that point, the mother had died, but the husband was still alive, very, very old. And the little girl was, like, in her 60s or 50s, um, I don't know, 40s. Um, because it was the 80s, so probably that point. Anyway, um, and they were able to find him through Unsolved Mysteries because um, they showed a picture of him that they had kept, um, that he had given them. Uh, and and this woman says, I know that that's, uh, that's Uncle Joe. That's Uncle Joe. And so she calls Unsolved Mysteries and says, hey, this this guy is Uncle Joe. And, uh, and so like, hey, it's Uncle Joe. Um, and and so they actually have a reunion where, like, they go Stop. to his apartment. Um, they, I think they live in Michigan and he lived in Ohio. Like, they were that close. And so they go to his apartment and he's so happy to see them. Uh, he's an old man now, retired. He's a retired mailman. That's what he, he went back to the States and became a mailman. What a wonderful, like, 1950s thing. Like, yeah. I, I was in the service and I came back and I became a mailman and I bought my little house and I had my family or whatever. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was a little, little heartstring warmer. I and mean, they're all, they're all like... dead now, of course, because this was shot 40 years ago. But <laughs> but it's but it's nice at the time. Yeah. Did we learn anything about the in-between time, about his service or anything? No, I mean, I think it was, it was at the end of the war, and he was like 19 years old. So somehow Aww. he made it to, to, like, he probably was like a late draftee or whatever, and somehow yeah. made it out, and they... Got probably the GI Bill or whatever the hell happened for them, and he was okay. But you know, and they obviously were able to immigrate to the United States, and they lived there, and That's they so raised sweet. Their, yeah, a little sweet. Every now and then, there's a little sweet one. Isn't I that love nice? That. Isn't that nice? 
Well, yes. here you go. Because <laughs> if you like immediately that, switching gears <laughs> like that, you're gonna hate this. So, um, in in 1980 in 1986 in Oklahoma, in rural Oklahoma, um, a cop comes across. Uh, oh, oh, 1986. Uh, a guy out tilling his acreage farmer sees billowing black smoke, you know, past past the forest on his edge of the thing, uh, calls it in. Uh, uh, Stady comes down this dirt road, and there is a little creek and and a, and a, and a, a, a little tiny bridge, one lane bridge over this creek on his dirt road, and there's a guardrail. Um, and this car has completely impaled itself on this guardrail. This and is how you stage an accident. And it's entirely in flames. And there is a woman inside and she's obviously dead. Um, but like, it's just, it's, it's burning so hot and so, and so fast and so long. Like they're like, did the gas tank explode? We don't know. Nobody got there in time. All we know is like this, this farmer saw a, a you know, thing. So, um, so we don't know anything about it. We know what, who the car is registered to. Um, it registered to a Pat Conway. Um, there, they have some family photos of him and his wife, Aileen. So that's who we think is the woman in the car. There's a there's a uh, a a, a, little, a little um uh, family photo. You know, like when they go to like the the, the portrait studio and yeah. they sit you down and everything big to, big big in the eighties. Uh, and uh, they only showed the photo real quick, uh, and so I I wasn't able to count how many children they had. Between fourteen and twenty six, I'm really not sure. Like I like. Honestly, if they show you a photo and there are three kids there, even if they show it to you for one second, you know how many kids there are. Yeah, you don't like, have to count. You don't have You're to like, count. You they just show glance. the photo for one second. I have no idea how many kids there were. There could have been seven. There could have been 12. There were a bunch of fucking kids there, okay? Uh, you genuinely think it was somewhere like around a dozen? Could be. Honestly, but if you told me it was seven, I'd be like, that makes sense. If you told me it was 12, I'd be like, really? Was there 12? I'd have to think back, like, like maybe. But if you said 10, I'd be like, I believe 10. 10 is absolutely wow. a thing. I have no idea, though, okay? so Dang, But it was more okay. than five, okay? Like, it was a, a good number of kids. There were rows. There were rows. And their involved. mother now is dead. That's the sad thing. And and their father is no prize. So, um, uh, Pat Conway, um, this, this dirt road where she crashed is right. 15 miles from their home. And Pat Conway 15 says, miles, notably yeah. not a hundred yards. <laughs> Pat Conway says he has no, he, he's like, we've never driven down this road. Like, I mean, obviously it's, it's a reenactment, but they may have actually reenacted it on the actual road. I don't know, but the road looks like nobody's ever driven down it kind of a thing. Like it's amazing. Somebody built that bridge over that Creek. Gotcha. Um, and so now, before he had ever been, before they had been able to identify who, like when they, which is the, it's the eighties, you don't run the plates from inside the car. You got to like call somebody down at the station to do that. And they got to look through file cabinets or whatever. So um, before they were able to actually tell him, Hey, 
looks like we found your car. We think your wife's inside it. He came home from work and found the following things. The patio door was open. Nobody's home, for one thing. Okay. The, pa- the patio door to the back is open. Aileen's purse, which she never left the house with, without, is on the floor between two, two chairs in a place where you wouldn't normally leave it. It's the, the flap of it is open. He doesn't know if there's anything missing from it because it's his wife's purse. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. Um, like, but like her, uh, I think her wallet's not in it. Um, oh, her glasses are on the floor as well in okay. a different area of the room. She can't drive without her glasses. She probably shouldn't. Um, uh, and driver's license is missing. So there's that. The iron has been left on in the laundry room. And there is a garden hose pulled from around the front of the house, left running, pouring into the backyard in-ground pool. Also, the bathtub is full. And there's a phone by the tub, which has been left off the hook. Like, like, Aileen decided, okay, well, I'm going to fill the pool with water. Um, I'm going to le- I'm gonna let this iron just sit stay and, and stay on for a while. I'm going to throw my purse down there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to somehow hide. I'm going to throw my, throw my glasses over there and I am going to, uh, um, burn my driver's license in the, in the fireplace for some reason. Nobody's ever going to find that. I'm going to leave the patio door open. I'm going to go upstairs, draw myself a bath. Have a little, have a little me time. Take the phone off the hook, so so that Brenda from the PTA can't call me squawking about what's going on Ugh, down gosh. at the VFW. Okay, so she's, um, that's the only thing that would make sense. Of course, none of all of those things could happen. Maybe she did all that and forgot she left the iron on. But what? Why did she leave her glasses in the middle of the floor? Why is her driver's license missing? Like. The it's the, they don't not, there's no reason to fill the pool with water. The pool's already got water in it. Um, so uh, this is where we get into some wonderful interviews with the people involved. Ooh. And they're fantastic, very thick. Probably should have turned on the subtitles, Oklahoma accents, because these people are okies. Um, Pat Conway was like, my wife, when you're red, all of them sound like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. Like every single one of them, ding old, ding old, dang old woman, crash car, ding, ding old, dang old. Um, so, so the, the, the DA or the chief of police, I think it was the DA, um, goes with Pat Conway, who he never suspects for a second could have possibly killed his wife. Not for a second. No. I know I know Pat. Pat would never do that. Pat would never. This is what happens. We when see you live him in at the town. Christmas party. Right. In the community. And uh-huh. yeah. So um they go to um they go to the um the crash site just to see if they'd missed anything. This is Certainly days after the crash, if not a full week 
Hold on. Hold on. So um, they're looking at the crash. And again, this is all a reenactment, right? And uh, the thing they reenact is the DA reaches down and finds a big, like, eight and a half by 14 inch flyer, you know, that was like photocopied or something. Says, uh, hey, Pat, this mean anything to you? Pat, well, yes, indeed, it does mean something to me. This is this is the uh, this is our church bulletin from the church we attend every Sunday. You can see right there it is the date of the last time that there was a church bulletin was printed. Like this, the way he is, this is actually Pat Conway reenacting this thing. Like they didn't get actors to play them because they interviewed the real people, and those real people are playing themselves in this reenactment. And Pat Conway is being as scientific as possible in the way, like, like this is how I said it, I'm sure. Why, yes, indeed, it does mean something to me. This is the bulletin from the church we attend every Sunday. And you can see right here that this is where, like, and it was just, so it's like, it's like, um, and then the, then the, 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 the DA is like, does your, is your, is your wife in the habit of, of driving with the windows open? Um, and is it no, sir? She is most definitely not. And then we get Robert Stack explaining Aileen always drove with the windows up and the AC on full blast in the in the Oklahoma summer. So there's no way that this bulletin, if it came from their car, I was like, if it came from their car, is a thing nobody actually goes into. Like, are you the only people who attend this church? Yeah. Like, I know that the, this road is 15 miles from your house. Is it 15 miles from the church? The church? Or yeah. is it like three miles from the church? Like, could anybody, anybody, like, did you ever cross-reference if anybody who attends that church also lives on this stretch of road or takes it to go from the church back home or any of that? Nobody did any work because all the people who live in Oklahoma are apparently stupid. Oops, I didn't mean that. Um, So, sorry. Um... I don't know why I did that. That was bad. But these people are stupid. <laughs> these people in this reenactment are stupid. It's like um, the only way that um, no, no, uh, somebody else must have been driving her car. What? But she was found in the driver's seat. So you saw me. She they drove her here. She was already dead. They put her in the driver's seat. Uh, and then, like, jammed wedge something into the gas paddle, and then sent it to the thing. Um, they also did this, this, this because they got fantastic um, uh, scientists down there in the forensics department, and uh, they realized that if you set that particular upholstery on fire, it just burns out. But if you douse it in gasoline, it'll burn literally forever. So that was must have been why it was burning so hot and why they why the body was burned beyond recognition. So um like they at this point the only thing oh the gas cap was also missing from the car. So it's possible they siphoned the gas out of the out of that car and got it all over the seats and that's and then they didn't put the gas cap back. Um so yes that so it says the, the the bulletin never could have flown out of the moving car. So 
it must have flown out of the car when they opened the door to get out of the car so that they could put her in the front seat and wedge the gas pedal down. This was like all like stuff like this is the the little little bumpkin office of the FBI or something <laughs> came up with this thing. Um, but the only thing they can think of is that she may have interrupted a burglary. And then they elaborately murdered her. As opposed to just like hitting her over the head with something and running. But also like, did she interrupt them at like the beginning of the burglary? Because none of their shit is missing. Nobody stole the silver or the TV or 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 anything. Nobody rifled through the drawers. So the best they can come up with was is it, it might was anything missing? No, nothing was missing except for her ID, uh, and uh, uh, that was it. So um, that's it. They, they don't know. Thank you. Do you have any information about the whereabouts? Uh, well, obviously, she's dead. We know she's dead now. But um, but it was like, was she trying to leave? Was she running from somebody? Uh, did she somebody has a husband things? and 974 kids and they like didn't... I'm so confused. This, is this one, one, one feels ones, the unsolviest. The unsolviest. It's yeah. definitely the unsolviest of the ones in my... Like I was like, honestly, I have no, I have no clue what happened. And it's one of those things of like, okay, so... So this might have happened. Let, let's say she got turned around, made a wrong turn, went on the wrong stretch of road, uh, and there was a bee in the car. And she crashed the car, and she died. Maybe. But then why did the car burn so much? Well, oh, she she was going to go and get, um, uh, to fill up uh, little cans of gasoline so that she could put it in the lawnmower. Um, nope, that, that wasn't the case because there were no, like, like all these things that like any, any, and why was could, the house in that condition? Yeah, any theory you could come up with is immediately negated by some other piece of information, which means it was, it feels like it was elaborately staged so that that would be the case. The case. Yeah. It had to have been like, there's like, okay, so this is what happened. No way. It couldn't have been this because of that. Oh, well, if that happened, then it must have been this. Oh, no, wait, that can't be the case because of blah. And so that's, so I don't know what it was or like who the hell Aileen Conway could have pissed off that they sent out like the best, most elaborate hit, hit man yeah. in the world. Um, or who Aileen Conway they did, they did really they, was. They did mention something real quick. And I forget what it was, but like whether or not Pat Conway had enemies. Oh. And he dismissed it in a really weird way. And I was like, did nobody follow up on this? Because maybe he did. Like, I don't know what he actually, I forget what he was actually a part of. Maybe he was, I think he might have been like in construction or something. Maybe it was the Beaumont Mafia it was coming the across Beaumont the border Mafia. into Oklahoma. And he crossed them and they were like, It'd be a shame if something would have happened to your wife in this car. We tried something similar earlier and we didn't <laughs> do it very well. So this is the best way to do it. We figured it out. A lot of trial and there's a lot of trial and error that goes into murdering the guy's wife. We did not crush it the first time around, admittedly. <laughs> but hey, if at first you don't succeed at murdering a guy's wife 
and staging it to look like a car accident, try, try again. Am I right? And maybe try a little further away than 100 yards from the house. I'm just saying. This was also a thing. We, we, did, we had a notes session afterwards. We said maybe next time we should try further away. 15 miles seemed to be the right the right amount of time. So Good also make sure, make sure the car like careens into the ditch. You know, don't like just gently push <laughs> it because that's weird. A couple scratches. Please uh, take the church bulletin if there is one. Throw it out of the car and don't leave soft drinks sitting on the on the passenger seat <laughs> unspilled because that is a red flag. That is a major red flag. <laughs> okay, this one's great. Um, it happened. The, the murder happens in 1928. Whoa, the way back time machine. So then there's a like a little thing which is like it's like black and white. So to, to let you know, it's in it's in 1928. Like they run a, they put a filter over the film. It's in black and white, and then it <laughs> fades to color, so that like, oh, okay, now we know. Time has passed. It's in the, it's in the Grand Canyon, okay. The Grand Canyon. Ooh. Um. The uh. The. F Hold on. The. The famous photographer. Um. Uh, his name Emery. Come on. Oh, I don't have Emery. 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 Colo. Colo. Emery Cole. What's his name? Emery Cole. Emery Cole was a um was a I think a uh maybe yes no I don't know <laughs> there was there was a guy who was a famous Grand Canyon photographer. I think his first name was Emery. Emery, did I write Cole? Is that what I wrote? Emery Cole? Anyway. Um, so in, in 50 years later, in the late 70s, he dies. And they're, they're going through his estate to see what they can sell, because he's a famous photographer. Right. At least like in that in that area. And they go through, going through his boathouse, and in a canoe... That is suspended from the ceiling of his boathouse is a skeleton, a human skeleton, with um with a hole in the head, like it had been shot, like a trophy, like a kind hunting of. trophy. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, it, uh, so um, the person who is said to have died is Glenn Hyde. How do we know it was Glenn Hyde? Well, well, we don't know. We don't know that that was the skeleton. We're like, okay, so this connects possibly to this person who mysteriously disappeared. Okay. Well, these people who there's one skeleton and two people who went missing on the Grand Canyon in 1928. Glenn Hyde and his wife Bessie. He was 27. She was just 18. Um. They went out on a house on a homemade boat. He carved the boat himself. They went out with no life jackets, and they were going to raft the entirety of the Colorado River because he was a an avid outdoorsman and uh, and a a, 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 a a thrill seeker outdoors enthusiast. Right away seems bad. Yes, not the best choice. No. Um. Uh. He had limited experience doing this. 
she had zero experience doing this. Um, and this was their honeymoon. They and they took no life vests. No life vests. Right. No, no, no. Because, because, because otherwise it's cheating. That's honestly what, what Glenn apparently uh, believed. So they were going to go from Utah through to Arizona and they were going to, they were going to, um, uh, they wanted to, well, well, they had been going from Utah to Arizona. 26 days they had been r- rafting the Colorado River. They were planning on going all the way to California. So they've been, they had gone like halfway. I'm sure it was beautiful. Right. Sounds boring. Yeah. 26 days of rafting. My arms hurt. Yep, exactly. Um, so they, they stop. Um, I don't know how they knew Emery Cole or whatever, but they ended up like spending the weekend at his chalet above, um, you know, he's got this beautiful cabin up on the bluffs of, of the Grand Canyon. All this guy does literally every day is get up, walk out, and take pictures of the Grand Canyon every friggin' day, and he sells them, and that's how he makes money. So, um, uh, so anyway, they're there, and um, we don't know anything about this, but the stories are of like Emery Cole's neighbors uh, who saw them because they stay, they stayed there for more than a weekend. They stayed there for several days, but that uh, perhaps Emery Cole had taken a shine to young Bessie, perhaps, uh... and and Glenn might have been getting a little jealous, a little jelly, a little jelly, old Glenn, mm. um, but. Um, they, uh, Glenn was like, we're leaving tomorrow. We're not staying here anymore. We're going to go. And, and Bessie didn't want to go, but, uh, but anyway, they leave. Uh, and then, uh, they're, they just go missing. Nobody's seen because I guess you're supposed to like plat out where you're going to stop. So no, so people will know that you're gone missing on one of these yeah, trips or I would whatever. Think so. so, uh, so they don't show up. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we got to go out for a search party and find out where these people are. They find the boat. The boat is undamaged. It wasn't like the boat hit the rocks or something. Much like a staged car crash. <laughs> there's nobody there. There's no, but there's no sign of anybody. Now, back to the to the skeleton. The the skeleton, um, the skull, is uh, has a bullet hole in it. Okay. Um, they did a full, like, I guess this is scientific as they could get because they didn't have like a way to like DNA test anything because they don't have anything from Glenn Hyde and they, whatever. So they, they, they backlight the skull and then they put a picture of Glenn Hyde and they fit it like through there so that like you can see the bone structure of the skull behind the picture and go, this isn't him because of the way his jaw is rounded, his cheekbones, the way his brow protrudes. It can't be him, says this guy. Um, That's wild. But this guy also talks about what, how much he loved Emery Cole and, and how Emery Cole was such a, a hero to him, this scientist. So, like, maybe you're telling us it's not this guy, but it's really this guy because I don't, I don't. Because you don't want it to be that I guy. honestly think the skull might have been Glenn Hyde. I have no idea. Um, so um, there was, in 1979, no, sorry, 1971, um, there was a 20-day rafting trip where, like, you go with a guide, you're with a bunch of people, 
You here's here's where we're staying at these campgrounds. We bring your tent. It's a whole thing. You pay money to to do this kind of. It's a touristy thing. Um, and George Billingsley was a guy who was on this trip. And he wrote a book about this trip and about this incident I'm about to describe to you. So the guide tells the story of Glenn Hyde and Bessie who went missing and nobody ever found them and we have no idea what happened to them. And this woman, 60 years oldish, speaks up and says, I am Bessie Hyde. I killed him. We got into an argument. I didn't want to keep going down the down the stuff. I wanted to uh, I wanted to go home. I didn't want to be married to him anymore. I did not realize this was the guy I was marrying. He was very aggressive to me. He was always belittling me and he hit me. And I picked up the knife that we'd used to cleaning fish and I stabbed him in the heart. And I just let the body fall into the river and I climbed out of the canyon and I decided to completely like go out and be a different person, right? So I left, lived the rest of my life never, never, not being Bessie Hyde, but that it was my real name, right? So the author is like, I believe 100% that this lady, the way she told the story, like it was oddly detached, but also very personal. Like she knew details she wouldn't be able to know unless she was like an amazing storyteller or whatever. And this was like one of the last days of the trip. So they just were like, oh, hey, pretty cool story, lady. Anyway, so um, better get some shut eye. I'd like to go home now, please. (laughs) So that author wrote the book about how this woman says that it was. And he like did all the research into it and everything and wrote the whole thing and like telling it as this thing. They Nobody like able... went to the police? Apparently, unsolved mysteries. Not anybody else. Unsolved mysteries. Um, were able to like go back and like talk to the river rafting company, which still kept records of who went when. And they were able to figure out who the woman was who was on that trip. And they contacted her living somewhere in the Midwest. And she says... Oh no, that that was all a lie. I, I I just said that. It wasn't me. And they just have to leave it there because I guess like it's not a crime to like It's not like they em- filed a false report. Embellish a police uh, em- embellish a ghost story. Like it's like and the person who had the hook for a hand was me. Yeah, like, you can't. I don't. I don't, like, yeah. I don't think you can arrest somebody for that. Um, but I want to believe that's true. Um, I think that's an awesome thing that this woman would like go back to the scene of the crime fifty years later and be like, mm, "Yeah, that's me." That's wild. Yeah, isn't that great? Um, uh, that's it. You see, you had a dud. You didn't I have really one did. about the, about the lady who's like. By the way, the murderer. No, I had this guy who totally did it was really bad at doing it. And then based and then blamed it on a, a fake mafia and never okay. got like properly charged for unknown reasons. This last one um, is the most up open and shut one to me, I think. 
uh, but it still is one of, I think, my favorite because of how ridiculous it is. It's just ridiculous. 1985. Dottie Kaler. She suffers from agoraphobia, which, of course, is the fear of going outside your home, right? She's crippled by it. But to test herself and try and, like, like through therapy or whatever, she goes to, she lives in, uh, outside of San Francisco. She goes to their subway system, which is called the BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit. She's going to buy a ticket. She's going to take it on the full loop, just sitting on the subway. And then she's going to get off at that stop. And then she's going to be picked up by her husband. Kind of like combat her fears. This is the thing that they start with. And it quickly becomes obvious that she was never agoraphobic and nobody is thinking to ask that question. Um, so I don't understand why that's not a part of this story, but like that's an absolute thing. And if you were, you should have some sort of like likely therapy or right. they mm -hmm. should diagnose you now to make yeah. sure that it's like a mentally fit thing. Mm -hmm. um, Jewel, Jewel, Kaler. I believe short for Julian, is uh, the husband's name. He's interviewed a lot for this episode. I have never seen eyes like this guy has. They are directly next to his the bridge of his nose. They he does not appear to have eyelids. Like it's just what? they're just slits, like weird little tiny dots right next to his eye. I I I mean like. I don't even know. Maybe I can find a picture of him from oh that episode. Oh my gosh. It's weird. He looks so odd. He looks, he looks, oh, he died apparently. Sad. Yeah, he died. Oh, oh, well, weird now, but, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, do they have images of him? Cause it, uh, if not, we should try and put it in post cause it sounds uh, noteworthy. Yeah. Um, so hold on. Uh, they have a good picture of. Oh, here it is. Here it is. It, this, this, this is so creepy. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it. I'm, oh, I'm doing the whole thing. Um. So anyway, um, when they, 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 um, they interview him. Um, and it's, and he's talking about how, like, the way she, he says it. She had become very inconvenient for me. I'm like, okay, well, that's just you're just admitting to murder. Like, I feel like if you say it that way, you're you're admitting to murder. That sounds a, like something that is in a Law and Order SVU episode, like yeah. straight out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that's that well, very odd thing to do to me. Um, uh, but he he's he works out of town. He works for the Forestry Service. He's always up in Sierra Nevadas. He's always gone for days at a time, right? And she doesn't leave the house, so she says. So, um, there was there have been cases uh, uh, where she's at least told other people. I don't believe it was ever a police report filed, but she she said that he 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 hits her, like he, okay. there's domestic violence involved. Um, now she's agoraphobic. Remember this. They keep saying. She's agoraphobic. You know, how how will we ever she she can't leave the house. And yet she went and um uh and she 
she got a P.O. box in a fake name for in her name. Yeah, in her name, in a, in a, in a neighboring town. Sus, and she, as the kids say. And she goes to a support group for agoraphobia, which I guess is something, but she never leaves the house, but she goes to a support group. Um, now, um, uh, so, she, so he, he is being transferred to Salt Lake City to do forestry work in Utah. She doesn't want to go. She wants to stay there. And he says, this guy says, well, I suppose even if Dottie would have wanted to come with me, I wouldn't have wanted her to. But that doesn't matter now. That's who this dude is. Like, everything is just so, like, just, like, anyway, so... That's who this person is. Like it's just. I the... feel like it should be called extremely solved mysteries, <laughs> but not in a court of law or something. Yeah. So now, the way that they describe this trip that she was supposed to take at the beginning, I swear to God, was like a quick trip around the loop. But then they say later that she was taking an overnight trip to visit a friend. And then she brought an overnight bag and her purse. Right? Um, and so he drops her off because she's going to take the Bay Area thing to like another station where the she's going to be. The agoraphobic gal is the taking the BART for yes. an overnight trip away. Yes. The agoraphobic gal. And he's going out of town and he's going to come back and, and he'll meet her there. He says. Again, this dude says, says, when I got back to the, to the parking lot at the BART station, her car was there. What do you mean her car? I thought she was agoraphobic. She has her own car. She's got a VW Bug. And, um, and um, her purse was sitting in the front seat. The same purse that he says she got on the train with. Um... So, uh, yeah, so he left a note on her windshield saying, hey, I, I'm, you didn't show up. I'm going to go home. I'm assuming you have the keys to your car and you will meet me there. And she never showed up. And so he keep coming back and kept leaving notes and she wouldn't do there. Um, her, um, her friends in the support group were calling saying, Hey, can I talk to her? And it's like, Oh, she never showed up and she's gone. I don't know where she is. Like, what do you mean? She don't know where she is. Well, uh, she, she didn't come back to the car. I don't know anything about it. Like, well, have you filed a police report? No, um, she's just, she's, she'll come back. I'm sure she'll be fine. Five days after she went missing, the friend filed the police report for a missing person, not the husband. Husband never filed a police report. So that's it. That's the end. They've never found her ever. This guy apparently died recently. He's he's gone. He moved to Salt Lake City. Like they weren't they they like interviewed him, but there's nothing to hold him. Like they don't have any evidence, there's no body. She's not dead. There's no body. So, like, uh, who knows where she is? 
So but he moved to Salt Lake City. For days at a time, and they didn't even file a report until five days later. Exactly. And so he moved to Salt Lake City and then remarried. Um, and then he ran for office under the Libertarian Party. And uh um they were like, hey, we should probably do some vetting on this guy. Oh, hey, by the way, his wife's still missing from, from 15 years ago in 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 uh in San Francisco. Should we vote for this guy? Nah, probably not. He had to drop out of the race. Um, but it was like 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 state legislature or something in Utah. Still a ballsy move to yeah. be like, yeah. Let me run for office. Um, uh, they they never found her. So here's the deal. There are two things here. I think. I mean, here, here's my own detective work. They they hated each other. Right. He was always gone. Um, and abusive. Was, it, it, she says he was abusive. He denies it. Right. Obviously, he was going to deny it. But she says he was abusive. She never filed a police report. She said she's told friends contemporaneous. Um, uh, utterances or whatever. Um, but they hated each other. He was gone for days at a time. And she had enough of a secret life that she got a P.O. box where she was receiving mail that he didn't know about. Okay? She opened a bank account. That's another thing. And got a credit card in her name that he didn't know about. So she either was pretending to be agoraphobic like going to this support group where she made friends because she wanted to have something to do outside of the home when he was gone. She was agoraphobic but had her own car so she could leave the house whenever she wanted to while he was gone for days at a time. And she may have used this P.O. box uh, and this bank account and this credit card to basically start a new life with perhaps with another man. And and one day she was like, that's it. I'm gone. He's moving to Salt Lake City. I can't leave. What if the reason she says I don't want to leave is because there's another guy who lives in the same area of the Bay Area. And if she leaves to go to Salt Lake City with, with his husband, who she hates, she won't be able to see him anymore whenever this guy leaves town. So he was apparently was willing to let her stay um, while he moved there. But maybe he never told her that. And there was an argument about it or whatever. So she said, fuck it. I am leaving him. I'm going to get on this train. I'm going to take my overnight bag and my credit card and my all this other stuff. All this thing been mailed to me at my P.O. box and my purse. I'm getting on this train. I'm going to get off at this other station where my boyfriend is waiting for me. I'm going to leave my husband for him. We're going to go. He's going to whisk me away to some far off land of I don't know. Kentucky or wherever the fuck they're <laughs> going to go. Samoa, because that's where some people like to run away to. Um, so either she did all that or this guy found out she was going to do that and killed her. So there's two options. I like the first one the best because it means Dottie's alive somewhere and she got away from the abusive guy. Um, uh, but uh yeah, because also that guy never got punished for it if he actually did it. I agree. I mean, still, it's like 30 years later, 35, almost 40 years later, and they never found the body. So I'm hoping it's because um, she actually left somewhere. Maybe it's even still alive. And B, uh, because otherwise, 
um, I, this guy is the best in the world at hiding a body, and I don't want to believe that's true. I'll say this. Would never date anybody in forest, like forestation, parks, whatever. I feel like you're just setting up, setting up for the worst mm -hmm. possible scenario. No, no, thank you. Nothing good can come of it. No, thank you. Mm -mm. Nope. It's not a passion for nature. Don't believe it. <laughs> so, so those are my unsolved look at, mysteries. Look Kate. at that, though. It was like a rafting experience. Mm -hmm. I have learned. See, I'm a safe, healthy, thriving woman because I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> never go rafting. Uh, never marry a guy in forest forestry. No, nature um, is nature is healing. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, you're not a horse girl, so that's no, that's going to save you girl. from a horse guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and I'll stick then... to Jersey. Does diners and malls really well? Mm -hmm. I'm golden. And and whatever you do, never go to Oklahoma and marry a guy named Pat Conway, oh. who may or may not have been in debt to the Beaumont mob. There's. I'm not going to dig as hard as you did at Oklahoma, but I don't have any intentions of going to Oklahoma anytime I'm soon. I'm sorry. I, it was just the fact that everybody It was like the typical, like stereotypical. But, but they were so Oklahoman, not just the accents, but the fact that nobody actually did any digging about <laughs> whether or not, like, what what could have happened? Like, like did you, did, like, um, oh, I know the, the big thing that's going to break the case is this church, church bulletin. bulletin. Which is literally passed out to hundreds of people every week. It must be hers. There's literally no other explanation for it. Also, should we possibly check and see if Pat Conway pissed somebody off in the Beaumont <laughs> Mafia? Maybe we should do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable talking about the incredibly real Beaumont Mafia on this podcast. We don't know what they're reaching. Maybe it was the Tulsa Mafia. You never dun, know. Dun, dun. The Oklahoma City Mafia. <sighs> the OKC mob. You never know. The never OKC know. mob. They they are they are ruthless. Gang wars, man. Gang wars. <laughs> uh so that so that was uh Miss Unsolved Mysteries. And I will say this Unsolved Mysteries is hit or miss. Because I will I feel say like this. I missed. Yes. I will say. For if I watched your episode, I'd be like, get the flick out of here. But if I watched my episode, which I did, I would say I would like to watch another episode of this because there is a lot of fun stuff here to be talked about. See, mine's not even a, a like a get the flick out of here as much as it just didn't feel like different from many other crime shows. It started to turn yeah, when we got into the fictional mafia. Like, there was another but one. But it just felt like first 48 or any of those. The next one that started playing after this one ran out, like automatically, the first one was about how um, this woman froze to death but didn't die. Like she froze. She she ran out of gas or or the car skidded into a ditch and then her car thing. Um, and it was in upper like the like very, very northern Minnesota, and it was like 70 degrees below zero with the wind chill. <laughs> And she got out of her car like wearing a skirt and a light jacket and was like, I'll be fine. Once again, nature. N like nature. the elements yep. of weather coming into play. And she just was like, my, my friend lives on this road. I'll just walk to my friend's house. 
And the way she tells it, because apparently she survived this, she got to her friend's house, was in their front yard walking to the door, and fell down hypothermied. Um, and their, their friend found her frozen stiff the next morning. And I guess got her to a hospital where she had the faintest of pulses. And so we're trying to warm her up. And some nurse was like, this isn't going to work. I know what will work. The power of prayer. And so she got on the phone. They began a prayer chain where they called all the friends and they did a prayer circle. And everyone was praying for this girl who was frozen to death. And guess what? She woke up, which therefore means that God is real and prayer is real. And like, so there are very odd things you can find on an episode of, of Unsolved Mysteries that are just all kinds of crazy things. Um, the Unsolved Mystery being, um, is, is God real and what happens when we die? <laughs> but also, how did this woman survive being frozen stiff overnight um, in, in 70 degrees below zero with a wind chill? Stuff like that. Um, but it's, it is, I, I appreciate the ones that are, um, not supernatural, but like, how the hell did this hitman stage this, this crime scene, uh, so perfectly so as to never let us to find out at all what happened? Those are, those are my favorites because the hit, the, the Beaumont mafia, they hire the absolute <laughs> best men to go across state lines to Oklahoma to murder Pat Conway's wife. They really do. The, the local they, chapter? They are, they are not nothing. Great. They are luck, nothing if not thorough. That's what I will say. Fair. Fair. The local chapter, not so great. No, no, no. You got, you got, you got to hire an outside guy to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Uh, well, that was it. That was, that was our episode. I would, I would keep the flick. Yeah. Or flickish thing. Yeah. It, it, honestly, like if somebody were to say, what's a great episode of Unsolved Mysteries? I'd be like, this one, the one that I watched. Yeah. Um, you got such variety. I got, I got a really good, I got a really good episode. Even I got the heart, the heart strings got pulled. Yeah. I think we got one of those. Nice so yeah, I would definitely say to buffet. people like, and the thing of it is like, it's available literally everywhere. Yeah. Like every, nice everywhere have, have dozens of episodes of this. Um, and so that's the kind of, it's, it's a really great thing to put on while you're folding laundry or doing whatever around the house Background it'll music. be there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would recommend if you have, if you've, uh, everyone's heard of it, I think. Yes. But a lot of people may have never seen it. Um, and I think a lot of people think it's more what I had than what you had. I yes. think people think it's more just like unsolved murders than mysteries. Yeah. There's, 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 there can be some. Like um, this guy says he was abducted by aliens, kind of a deal. Like those, can, those, those are out there, and maybe that might be a crossover episode with or ancient, ancient aliens. aliens. You never know. You never know. Uh, <laughs> Kate, where can the people find you on the social medias and elsewhere? You can find me at Miss Kate Fave on Twitter and TikTok. Um, and Kate's Instagram's on Instagram. And you can also find me if you're a wrestling fan doing a million podcasts, including Sour Graps every Tuesday night with the fella next to me. Um, Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast and Fightful doing the AEW and Rampage and SmackDown Friday night post shows. Mm-hmm. Yes, you and can a find, others. Yeah, yeah, find me on the Twitter at Alex Sour Graps. Um, and uh, uh, also all over Fightful.com. 
reviewing shows, FIFOSelect.com, all this, all these fun things to, to do as well. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that we did this one. Um, I, I, if I, if I happen to find another episode as rich as this, I might have to like delve into it in a further episode just because sometimes they just, they give you everything you need all in one hour the old the unsolved unsolved mysteries um so maybe we'll talk more about that at a later date but until then we'll have to find out what we're going to watch next week and then we'll decide whether we want to get the flick out of here bye everybody have a great week r-e-s-p-e-c-t click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me now nah, that doesn't have a ring to it But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.